If you would, join me in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. Matthew, chapter 13, verses 31 through 33 today. And as you're turning there, let me just ask you a couple questions. Um, One question is, are you growing? Just think, it's a rhetorical question, right? Are you growing? When you look at where you are in your relationship with Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, kind of think back where you were a year ago. Are you growing? Is your living community, is your house church growing? Are we, as a family of house churches, living church, are we growing? As you think on those questions, let me read Jesus's a couple more parables from the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 33. He's just given this parable of the weeds. We looked at that last Sunday. And now he continues and he says in verse 31 of Matthew 13, he says, Jesus put another parable before them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds. But when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, yeast, that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. If you were to walk into our home and then walk into our main floor bathroom, and you were to look behind the door of that bathroom, you would see pencil markings. And next to each pencil marking, you would see a date and some letters. You'd either see the letter G, the letter L, the letter A, or the letter K for our four kids. And so when we moved into that house... We started measuring the growth of our kids. We have a little growth chart on that wall. And there have been times, and as we've lived there, lived there where the kids have come and say, Dad, Dad, let's, let's go see if I've grown any. And so we'll go in there, we'll take a pencil, have them stand up against a wall, and we'll just kind of mark it. And so we kind of track, track their growth. Now, why do the kids ask, hey, let's see if I've grown it? Because they expect to grow. Right? We expect children to grow. If they don't, there's a sense of concern, right? So we expect physical growth, but we also expect like character growth, hopefully, right? You you hopefully see some kind of change from the era of diapers to the era of pull-ups to the era of occasional bedwetting situation to hopefully that is no longer in time. Right, And so you kind of have this physical growth, but then there's also kind of this transformational growth of maybe the the terrible twos or the temper tantrums to more self-control, to more self-control, that kind of thing. So we expect, there's this expectation of growth, this expectation of, of transformation, if you will, as we grow. And it's the same when it comes to the kingdom of Christ. There's this expectation that the kingdom is going to grow. 
that the kingdom and those who are citizens in the kingdom of Christ, that they're going to grow. And I think that's what we see here in the next two parables that Jesus gives us in the parable of the mustard seed and the leaven. And so kind of what we did last Sunday, and I want to kind of live in that same stream today, is I just want us to look at an explanation of the parables, see a couple kingdom descriptions um, that are in the parables, and then talk for some time about the implications for us and for you that I think are there here come from these parables for us. So quickly, the explanation of the parables. And the first parable he gives is this, is this parable of the mustard seed, right? And he says it's the smallest of seeds. And, and really in, in that culture, in that area of the world, I think Jesus is referring to, to what's called the black mustard seed plant. And you can kind of see a picture of the seed there on the screen. I mean, look how little that seed is. And, and often in Jesus's day, in that culture, if you wanted to use an analogy or a metaphor of something that seemed very insignificant but exceeded expectations, you would often use the mustard seed as the example. Now, the mustard seed plant is like this invasive plant. It's, it like, it's an intruder. I mean, it just like takes over. And, and what you see on that whole countryside is the mustard seed plant. I mean, it just, it just takes over. And it takes over a whole countryside. It can grow up to 15 feet. I mean, it's just huge. It can, I mean, something so small, it, just, it's, it exceeds expectations. And it just kind of, it, it just takes over, spreads out to the point to where, and it grows so thick that like birds, rodents, they'll, they'll often live in that thicket of mustard seed for protection and safety. And I, I love that. When you can put all that together and what Jesus is doing here, he's saying, the kingdom, my kingdom, yes, it grows, it's expansive, it should be spreading, but it's also a place of safety and protection, and I, and I love that. And so here what you have is Jesus giving this parable, and he doesn't give any explanation for it, because I think the explanation is really on the surface. It's like, just as a mustard seed seems insignificant and expands and grows, we should, you should expect my kingdom, although it may seem to you, disciples, insignificant and small, it's going to grow. It's going to spread. It's, it, it's going to influence culture. And in fact, that's what happens within the whole mustard seed plant and all that you see there. It becomes its own culture. And if you read a book by Rodney Stark called The Rise of Christianity, which I re- highly recommend, he talks about in the first century church, it, it, it was just growing, it was expansive, it was just taking over the, the first century Roman Empire. And, and, and it was creating new kinds of social services, it was raising and elevating um, uh, women, because in the Roman culture, women were, were not elevated at all, but Christianity did, and it was just overtaking to the point where like, we need to make that... This, the, the state religion. And that's, that's what happened eventually. And so it just kind of became its own culture and, and it influenced everything. And I think that's Jesus' point in the parable. You should expect his kingdom to grow. You should expect it to grow. And for a disciple, now think, what's the parable Jesus just gave? We looked at a lot, the parable of the weeds. And from that parable, we realize that there's an enemy seeking to destroy Christ's kingdom. Right? So as a disciple, you're going, oh, that's not good. And so on the heels of that parable, after hearing that there's an enemy seeking to destroy the citizens of the kingdom, Jesus says, well, hold on. Even though there's an enemy, my kingdom is going to win. My kingdom's going to overcome, and it's going to spread. 
It's going to grow like a mustard seed plant. And, and Jesus talked, about, talked of other times, or, or in other times, he talked about the, that we should be growing. If you look at Matthew chapter 13, the whole parable of the sower, or the parable of, this, of the soils. In verse 23, in that parable, he says, And what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case, a hundredfold, and another 60, and in another 30. He's saying, listen, someone who's a truly a citizen, a follower of Christ, a disciple of Jesus, you should expect to grow. Yes, some might grow faster than others. Some might produce more than others. But there should still be growth. There's still growth. John chapter 15. Jesus kind of uses another parable, the, the imagery of a vine and the branches. And if you read that, John 15, verses 1 through 5, he talks about if you're connected to the vine, if you're connected to Christ and you're abiding in Christ, you're a follower of Jesus, he says you should bear fruit. Now, there might be some pruning. And listen, sometimes there, there's pruning needs to happen for growth to happen. It makes no sense that for a rose bush to grow, you have to cut it down. That doesn't make sense to me that you have to do that, but that's part of the growth process. And so sometimes part of the season of growth or the seasons of growth involve pruning. God getting rid of some things in your, in, in your character to, to help you grow more into intimacy with him. So it's part of, pruning can be part of your growth. But in that, in that parable or that analogy of the vine and the branches, he's saying you should bear fruit, then you're going to bear more fruit then you're going to bear much fruit. Again, there's the expectation of growth. Paul wrote about it. Colossians chapter 2, verse 19, referring to Christ. He says, Christ, from Christ the whole body grows, meaning the church. So there's this expectation of growth. You should be growing. You should see progress in your relationship with Jesus. Not perfection, but you should see progress. And sometimes it's like this, right? We've talked about, but it, there should be some progress. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's, he, I, I get it. He's looking at his guys going, I get it. There's an enemy. He's seeking to destroy the kingdom. But just hold on. My kingdom's like a mustard seed. It's small. It might seem insignificant. But it's going to grow. It's going to spread. It's going to influence. And then he talks about another parable. And it's the parable of the leaven. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and had and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leaven. Now, what's leaven? Somebody tell me, what's leaven? Yeast. What do you do with yeast? Somebody. What, what's that? You bake, right? You bake with, I wouldn't know, but you bake. All right, and you, what do you put yeast in? Bread, right? Flour, and what's it do? It makes it rise. I mean, okay, I had to Google it to find this stuff out, but you're helping it. So, I mean, that's what they say it does, all right? Now, so a little bit of yeast can do what? It can have, it can do, it can transform the whole, like, dough stuff, right? I mean, a little bit of yeast makes the whole thing get big. Go simple with me here, okay? So, because I need it. So a little bit of yeast can do that. It, all you need is a little bit of yeast, according to Google, and, and you put that in the flour, and it just, the whole thing, like, expands. It permeates through the whole thing, and it expands. It transforms. And so what Jesus, in the story that Jesus is saying, this, this woman basically, three measures, like, 50 pounds of flour. So she puts a little yeast in 50 pounds of flour, and it feeds over 100 people. That's, that's kind of the, the image that he's, that he's describing here. 
And I, and I think the leaven is, is similar to Jesus' point with the mustard seed, that it's going to grow, but I also think there's something else here. I think it's going to transform. It, it's going to transform. The gospel, the spirit of God inside you should trans, will transform you. He will make you different. He will make you more like the king. And that's what the gospel does. I mean, isn't that what Paul said in Galatians chapter 5? There's this battle between flesh and spirit. And he says, if you're walking in the spirit, you should see evidence of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, perfection in those. No, but you should see progress in those areas if the spirit of God is inside you. Why? Because the gospel, the spirit transforms you. And not only does it transform you, but it transforms communities, families, neighborhoods, cities. And I think that's Jesus' point in the parable. I mean, you you should see a difference in your life as a follower of Christ because you have the Spirit, because you've are believing in the gospel. And so the next thing is, is really what are the kingdom descriptions in the parable? I think we've already covered them, really. In, in the parable of the mustard seed, we see a, a description that Christ's kingdom is to be a growing kingdom. And in the parable of the leaven, Christ's kingdom is a transforming kingdom. Now, where do we see this? G- give me some examples of this. We see this through the first century church. If you go to the book of Acts, let me give you an example. The first century church, Acts chapter 1. Join me there. I just want you to see the evidence of Christ's kingdom growing and transforming through the church, the first century church especially. Acts chapter 1, look at verses 14 and 15. Now keep in mind who Jesus is primarily speaking to when he's speaking these parables. He's speaking to these 12 guys, these disciples. Acts chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, it says, All these, referring to those disciples, with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So there's some others with them, some more disciples. In those days, verse 15, Acts chapter 1, Peter stood up among the brothers, and the company of persons was in all about 120. And then Peter gives this message. So here you see this little seed of 12 guys. And now it's kind of moving forth, starting to spread to 120. And then in Acts chapter 1, 8, what does Jesus say? I want you guys, you little seed, I want you to go out and I want you to plant the seed of the gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Go to, the, go to chapter 8 of Acts. So here you have these 12 guys, 120, Acts chapter 8. Look at verses, verse 1. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of where? Judea and Samaria. And so now what you have is through persecution, the gospel starting to spread from Jerusalem, 100, so from 12 to 120. And now it's reaching out to other cities and communities. And you can keep reading. And it talks about how the gospel came to Judea, came to Samaria. Go to Acts chapter 9, verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea, the church now throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria Samaria had peace and was being built up. 
and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplies. So the church is multiplying. So now we've gone from 12, 120, Judea, Samaria, and now the church is multiplying. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verse 5. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they, the churches, increased in numbers daily. And I think there's two things there. I think more people were coming into the churches. They were believing the gospel and coming into the kingdom. But I think, too, you have churches themselves were multiplying. Kind of like what you have, like multiplication of living communities, of these house churches. That's our vision. We believe that. And where do we get that? From here. That's why we do what we do. And so you have this, this example of, of multiplication, of the seed spreading, right? And then the leaven transforming. We see that in the first century church. But let me give you a present day example. More, there are more Iranians who are becoming Christians in the last 20 years than in the previous 13 centuries put together. That's based on mission research from Operation World. Operation World has named Iran as having the fastest growing evangelical church in the world. You know what the second fastest is? Afghanistan. You know why? Because those in Iran speak the same language as those in Afghanistan, so the people from Iran are not us foreign no more. Like, no, 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 the gospel it's transforming. It's, I got to get it. So I, we, we got to get it over. So they're going to Afghanistan and telling people in Afghanistan the gospel. And so now you have the church is growing fastest in places like Iran and Afghanistan. Mustard seed transforming like yeast. That's what the gospel does. Jesus changes you. And Paul wrote in Romans, he said, the kingdom of God is, is, is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote. And so now you have this transforming Holy Spirit living inside you, living inside of us, who's present with us, and through us, he is getting the gospel, the good news of the kingdom out all across the world and is changing cultures. Just like you saw the mustard seed plant on the countryside, it's changing cultures for the glory of the king. You see all that bright yellow? That's glory to the king. I mean, it's just like, yes, it's because of Jesus and who he is and what he's doing. Even our own story, as far as living church, we started eight years ago with one house church. And some of us got together in a little apartment in Fairfield, Ohio, 13 of us. We started praying, saying, God, what do you want to do? Whatever you want to do. So it started small, and now God is, through the eight years we've grown, and, and now through our house churches, we're impacting and reaching 200 to 300 people consistently. And we have five house churches. We should expect more. We should pray for more. Even our own Anderson Living, Living Community House Church, when we first started about five years ago, I was a youth pastor for 15, 20 years. When we, that first night we met, it was, I think, our family and like six middle school kids from Nagel. And I'm sitting there going, this is not what I signed up for. I did this for 15 years. I didn't sign up to do a youth group again. But in the five years that we've been together, that six or seven Two weeks ago at a baptism, we had 70 to 80 people. You should expect growth. Expect it. You should anticipate it. You should pray for it. We should, as a church. 
And so, so what are some implications then for us from these parables? I, I, I think it doesn't, it's, it's not hard to see the implications. The first one that I, that I think we should see is that you should expect to be growing. If you're a follower of Christ, you're a citizen in the kingdom, you should expect to be growing in your relationship with the king. Progress, not perfection, but progress. You should see it. Seeds grow, leaven transforms. You should be able to see evidence of the spirit of God in your life. Well, what's that look like? Well, do you see yourself growing more in love, in peace, in patience? As a kid, I had a horrible temper. I've told you that. I was awful. I mean, I'm throwing ping pong paddles at my dad. I mean, it's just bad. I'd get so mad. And I've seen now, as I've grown in the Lord, I mean, do I still get mad? Yeah. I'm not throwing ping pong battles anymore. That's good. Some progress, right? I mean, so you should see some progress there. Are you more aware of your sin? Now, I've always thought, Man, if I'm growing in the Lord, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be thinking about my sin anymore. Right? I should think less of my sin, less about my sin. But what I've come to understand is that the, the closer I get to God who is holy, the more it reveals to me that I'm not. And so the more I become aware of, wow, I'm, I, I'm a wretch, <laughs> And I'm thankful for God's grace and his forgiveness. So I become more aware of my sin, which makes me more thankful for the gospel and more thankful for the king who went to the cross to free me from my sin. So are you becoming more aware of your sin? And when you are, do you confess that and then go immediately to the cross of the empty tomb and thank Jesus for the gospel? Are you growing in other ways? Are you seeing victory over sin? Are you experiencing maybe some pruning in your life? Are you growing in your desires to be with, be with God and be with his people? Are you experiencing a joy and a rest that you just can't explain? Do you desire to obey him? You should be growing. You should expect yourself to be growing as a follower of Christ. Second thing, implication I think we see, is you should expect your house church to grow. You should expect it to grow. We see that in the first century church. It's, you know, our house churches are not small groupish. Typically small groups that kind of we're just content with us and us four and no more. No, our, our house churches have this, no, we want to multiply. We, we want to see more. Why? Because there's people who are not part of the kingdom of Christ. And we talked about what their destiny is. We talked about that last Sunday. And the king has given you and me the privilege of sharing with them that they need the king and that they can come into this kingdom of joy and peace and forgiveness and freedom. And so you should expect your house church to grow. You should expect yourselves to think and pray about how can I be reaching my neighbors, my coworkers, people at school, moms, dads. How can I be reaching them with the good news of the gospel, with that seed that will transform their hearts? We should expect our living communities, our house churches, to grow. And I know it's hard, right? I mean, you get attached to people, and you love those people. Not everyone's going to take off and start another one. I believe the Spirit of God will burden you to do that. But it's healthy. It's healthy for the sake of those people that need the King. 
that need the king. And, and growth happens at different speeds, different rates. Some communities are going to grow faster than others. They're going to get larger than others. But you should expect and pray for growth. You should be praying for people that need Christ. You should be bringing people into your home that need Christ. You should be having coffee with people that need Christ. You should be serving people in your neighborhoods. We should be doing that. Why? Because we believe that the kingdom will grow and expand for the glory of the king. So we should expect our house churches to grow. And we should expect, another implication is, we should expect us to grow, the church. Not just living church, but we should expect the church to grow and expand. We should pray for it. And we should get behind those churches that, man, they're just doing amazing work in our city, in our communities. And we need to get behind them. We need to support them. We need to pray for them. We need to come alongside them and say, yes, for the glory of the king. So we can see our whole neighborhoods and cities turn yellow with the color of mustard seed. Right? I mean, that, I mean we should pray so that God gets all the glory. We should expect our church to grow. We should pray for it. We should expect more of ga- more gatherings like this happening in our city and our community. More living church Sunday kind of weekend gatherings. In fact, for the past couple months, our house church pastors, we've been getting together praying for this and talking about this because we anticipate God's going to grow us. And we anticipate God doing some things among us so that we can reach more people that need the king. And so we're praying to that end. We're talking about that. Why? Because mustard seed spreads, leaven transforms. We should expect it to grow. We should want it to grow. Here at the school, the the theme for the school this year is all in. I'm going to ask the band to come if they would. It's all in, and I think it's such an appropriate theme. It's such an appropriate theme. Listen, a farmer doesn't plant the seed and go, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I mean, he doesn't put all those hours into planting the seed with no hope that it just stays in the ground. No, he plants with the expectation that it's going to grow and that it's going to transform. And we should pray that to that end for the church, for living church, for one another, for our, for our house churches. We should pray to that end. And it's going to take every single one of us being all in. Every single one of us being all in, for, not for ourselves, but for the glory of the king. So that when people look at living church, when people look at your house church, when people look at your family, when, when people that you work with look at you, they're going, man, there's something different about you. There's something different about how you work, about what you say, about how you go about your business, about what you do with your family. And you can say, well, it's because I got the spirit of God. He lives inside me and he's transformed me because the gospel man's just changed my life. Jesus has wrecked my life. It's awesome. It's been great. He's just, it's amazing what Jesus has done. But it's going to take all of us being all in. And so we're going to sing in a moment. And here's what I want us to do. I want to challenge us this morning. You say, well, I don't even know where to start. Well, we provide this tool, right, at the information table. We put them by the door, a little discipleship tool to help you think about ways that you can grow as a follower of Jesus. I shared this. I teach discipleship here, 11th and 12th grade boys discipleship. And I'm having my guys do this. And I'm going to have, I got three guys here today. All right, and after we're done, I'm going to ask my three guys to stand by those sheets at the table. If you don't know how to do this, you ask them. 
all right? But it's just a tool for you to work through and to say, man, am, what's, am I in the word? Am I, am I abiding in the vine? Maybe, maybe growth for you looks like, I just need to start spending time with the church. I need to be part of a community, a house church. Maybe you need to start praying for people that need the king. Or maybe the Spirit of God has laid someone on your heart and you've said, and you've thought, man, I know I need to have coffee with that person. I know it. And you just get so busy, you just, maybe, I don't know what it looks like. But as we start singing this song, I, I just want, as an invitation, if you will, as a challenge, these are back there. If you want to take one home and work through it, talk through it as a family, go for it. But as we sing, if you want to come and you just want to come and pray, Pray for your own heart of growth. Pray for your house church community. Pray for living church. Pray for the church. Maybe you want to grab some people from your living community and say, come, let's pray. Let's ask God to grow us so that we can see the, our neighborhoods and our cities and our neighbors be transformed with the good news of Jesus so that we can see our, our neighborhood look yellow <laughs> for the glory of Jesus. So as we sing, I want to challenge you if you want to work on this, do that. Grab one and start praying through it. But I want to challenge me to come to the front or grab some people, head to the back, and you pray. And we ask the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to move in us, to grow us. Why? Because we expect it to grow. We expect ourselves to grow. As we abide in the vine, we should be bearing fruit. Know this. As we grow, that King that vine loves you with an everlasting love. And as you grow in him, you grow in relishing the love that he has for you. God, be with us. Help us be a growing church, a growing people. Not so people can say, wow, look at living church, but so people can say, wow, look at living, look at living church as king. Look at their Jesus. That's what we want. And as we sing this song, God, how appropriate we just read earlier about how you were growing the church. Do it again, God. Do it again. Grow us. Maybe some of us, God, we're in seasons of pruning. Do it again, God. Grow us. Stir in our hearts an affection for you. And help us to grow closer to you. And as we do, God, would you just allow your spirit to wash over us with the refreshing water of your love. It's your name, King Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's stand together. And if you want to come, you want to pray for maybe a neighbor, someone that needs Jesus. You want to pray for your family, your living community, you do that. You want to grab one of these sheets and just pray through it. You do that now.